Welcome to what will likely be our final special episode of BusinessWise. With the circumstances such that business owners were being challenged to even keep their businesses open over the past couple of months, we at Wise Stress elected to put out the BusinessWise podcast twice a week during this critical time. Now, with many of the members now busier than ever, we're going to cut our podcast back to once per week, and they'll be coming to you every Monday morning with the intention, of course, of starting your business week with some fresh LRH data and viewpoints. This does mean, however, that we will now be able to devote ourselves to creating a new service for the WISE membership, which will be an online video course called Hat of a WISE Member, which will be coming out in monthly installments starting this month or next. This will be a free course for all WISE members and will be the culmination of a tremendous amount of work and experience assisting members with common bugs and pitfalls over the years. Now, we've been wanting to bring this out to you for quite some time, and we think you're really going to dig it. If you want to enroll in the hat of a WISE member, make sure to drop us a line at info at wiseeastus.org, and we will send you a link. As I say, it'll probably come out towards the end of this month or the beginning of July, but probably the end of this month, before the end of this month. All right, back to business-wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, now in this episode, we're going to teach you how to spark up your organization and bring it to a whole new level. I don't care how hot your organization is. You might think your organization is pretty hot, but it's going to be a lot hotter If you listen and implement what we're going to go over today. To start with, I want you to ask yourself and see if you can answer this question. What is the lowest common denominator of all groups and organizations? What do they all have in common? If you know the answer to this question, you have arrived at the fundamental of fundamentals. And therefore, this is one of the most important things to understand about groups. So uh, what was your answer? What was your guess? I'm going to tell you. The lowest common denominator of all groups is people. Yes or no? I have seen organized groups, disorganized groups, large groups, small groups, groups with a purpose, groups without a purpose. I've seen all manner of groups. And the one thing they all have in common is that they have people in them. If you walk into your business after hours, people aren't, haven't arrived yet to uh, report to their post functions, and you walk in there, it doesn't matter how many computers you have, it doesn't matter how many filing cabinets or desks you have, or how much equipment you have, there is no organization there until the people arrive. So that is your testament to this. That is the common denominator. If you don't have people, you don't have a group. But what do people have in common? Well, to a greater or lesser extent, all people are alive. So they have life in common. And life is unique. It has qualities that are unique to it and are not in common with the rest of the physical universe. In fact, if you observe carefully, you could say life is something separate 
from the physical universe altogether. It manifests certain qualities in its interaction with other life and physical objects and energies that physical objects and energies do not manifest. Let me explain. Let's examine these. Firstly, life can communicate. We have spoken about this quality throughout this podcast series. A rock, a desk, a building is not going to greet you as you walk up to it. And it will not perceive you. Perception is communication. And the objects around you, they may brutalize you. You could be in a hurricane. But that hurricane is not perceiving you. You may be perceiving it because you are alive. It does not share this quality of communication. Life can exhibit affinity. A chair can. No matter how long you sit in it, it doesn't have any more affinity for you than it did uh, if your worst enemy was sitting in there. It does not have nor express affinity as life does. And life can have reality. It can have a reality about something. It can be real to a person that, uh, let's say, hockey. Is the most exciting sport to watch in the world. And to another person, their reality could be that it's nothing but brutal and boring. So these three things, affinity, reality, and communication, were discovered by Mr. Hubbard to be interrelated factors in life that form a triangle. Now, if this seems too basic to some of you, I want you to hang in there for the punchline because we're going to unveil for you aspects of this that will transform your business completely and make it a source of tremendous joy for you and change the quality of your life completely. First, let me read Mr. Hubbard's description of the ARC Triangle from the book I have been recommending to you over and over again throughout this podcast series, The Problems of Work. If you haven't picked this book up yet and read it, I hope you do this time. Okay, because it covers this very thoroughly. So he says here, we call this the ARC triangle. It is called a triangle because it has three related points. The first of these points is affinity. The second of these points is reality. The third of these points, and the most important, is communication. These three factors are related. To continue from the book, Mr. Robert says, by affinity, we mean emotional response. We mean the feeling of affection or lack of it, of emotion or misemotion connected with life. Misemotion would be uh, emotion not appropriate to the circumstance. If you've ever uh, lost your cool and wondered why and didn't seem or somebody was uncontrollably crying for extensive periods over a long period of time, not saying it wouldn't be an appropriate emotional response to sad news, of course, but we all also have observed emotion that just continues and is not necessarily appropriate to a circumstance. So that would be misemotion. So Mr. Harper goes on to say this, by reality we mean the solid objects, the real things of life. 
By communication, we mean an interchange of ideas between two terminals, people. So terminals is a word he's using here for people. He goes on to say this, without affinity, there is no reality or communication. You can probably think of an example of that. You know, you have an upset with somebody, you have very poor affinity for them, and you don't really feel like talking to them, and there's not much you're going to agree on. There's not much reality. In fact, they may be a bit unreal to you. You don't even read them correctly anymore. Okay, without reality, this is Mr. Hubbard now, he says, without reality, there is no affinity or communication. Okay, so uh, you might be in a circumstance where it's real to you that it's too hot in uh, an office or a room. And to another person, it could be their reality that it's too cold. And uh, you keep trying to turn the thermostat down, and they keep trying to turn the thermostat up. And you, if you don't communicate, you might have difficulty communicating about it. There might be a lot of disagreement about it. There might be a lack of affinity on that subject. So that's just an example of without reality, there's no affinity or communication. Without communication, there is neither affinity nor reality. I think we've kind of covered that. Now, these are sweeping statements, but are nevertheless very valuable and are true. I'll run Hubbard. Okay, then later on, he says, very important aspect to reality. He says, uh, we come to a final factor with regard to reality. That with which we agree tends to be more real than that with which we do not agree. There is a definite coordination between agreement and reality. Those things are real which we agree are real. Those things are not real which we agree are not real. On those things with which we disagree, we have very little reality. Obviously, you'd have an issue with somebody walking into a room with uh, 10 or 12 people and uh, they are about to sit down for a presentation and the speaker stands up at the podium and this individual walks in and says, what's that elephant doing in the room? Pointing at the podium. Now, he would be out of reality with the rest of the room and he would be out of agreement with the rest of the room and the rest of the room would probably regard him as crazy. But what we're really looking at is a different reality. Who's to say that it's not an elephant and everybody else in the room is crazy? Who's to say? Anyway, we're going to delve into this some more. All right, so if the common denominator of a group is people or life, then it stands to reason that the more ARC you have in a group, the better it will function. Imagine being in a group where everyone is in disagreement with everyone else. Okay, uh, Sally thinks the office should be run one way. The boss thinks it should be run a different way. Two or three other people in the group think it should be another way. Uh, you're going to have quite a bit of chaos. And how much affinity are you going to have 
in that group? And how much communication are you going to have in that group? Now, I want to point out, we, we covered this earlier, but all service uh, is executed over a communication line. You can't service somebody without communicating to them. If you're mailing them something, that's communication. They order something, you're going to package it up and send it to them. That's going to go on a communication line. Their order came in on a communication line. The money comes in and flows on a communication line. Now, if affinity, reality, and communication are a triangle, the, the greater the amount of disagreement or lack of reality within the group, okay, and the uh, less affinity there is within that group, then, of course, the communication lines are going to break down commensurately. I'm sure you can think of examples of this within your own group, where there's been upsets in the uh, organization and nothing flows right on the communication lines, okay? And one of those important things that flows on the communication lines is service. So all of a sudden, service is deteriorating because the communication lines are deteriorating and income will deteriorate because the communication lines are deteriorating. It affects inflow, it affects outflow. The amount of ARC within the organization, you could justly say, monitors the quality of service and the amount of income. Think about that. If you were to go into a shoe store, let's say you're on a street, got two shoe stores on the street. Uh, I'm familiar with a street in Washington, D.C. that's got like three shoe stores on it. They're almost all the same. You know, they offer very similar shoes and that sort of thing. Um, you walk into those three stores, okay, and in one of those stores, the ARC is very low. People are surly. Maybe they're very artificial. Maybe they're kind of pushy. I don't know. But there's, you don't feel it. You're not feeling it, okay? What you're, what you're not feeling is the ARC, okay? You go into another store, similar shoes, similar prices, and the ARC is high. There's lots of affinity. There's immediate reality with you. They're asking you questions. They're interested in you. And uh, they're communicating naturally and, and genuinely, which store is most likely going to get your service or which store is going to survive better as a consequence of having a higher level of ARC. Uh, there are many uh, extrapolations that can be made from this datum, but the, the fundamental is if you raise ARC, in other words, you're raising the life factor in your group or in your organization, you are going to raise the survival level of that group or organization. Simple, obvious, important, but often overlooked. Okay, so now watch carefully as we pull this little magic trick, okay? Now please observe that I have uh, nothing up my sleeves as we do this. So, reality is agreement. Remember? Reality is agreement. The more agreement there is, the more reality. And of course, the, more, the higher the communication level, the higher the affinity. Okay. And in organization and groups, reality has a particular name. Do you know what it is? I'm going to give you a clue. Think in terms of agreement. How what do we call the reality or the agreement factor in groups? 
Okay. The name for agreement in groups is policy. Now, that might not seem right to you first off, because maybe you don't generally agree with policy. But that's because it is generally a misunderstood term to most people. Okay, so let's look at Mr. Hubbard's definition of the word policy from an article 25 November 1970. So he says this, policy as a word has many definitions in current dictionaries, amongst which only one is partially correct. Quote, a definite course or method of action to guide and determine future decisions, end quote. It is also, quote, prudence or wisdom or a course of action, end quote, and a lot of other things according to the dictionary. It even is said to be laid down at the top. Therefore, the word has so many other meanings that the language itself has become confused. Yet regardless of dictionary fog, the word means an exact thing in the specialized field of management and organization. Policy means the principle evolved and issued by top management for a specific activity to guide planning and programming and authorize the issuance of projects by executives which in turn permit the issuance and enforcement of orders that direct the activity of personnel in achieving production and viability. Policy is therefore a principle by which the conduct of affairs can be guided. L. Ron Hubbard. All right, that's not, that makes it a little more palatable, the word policy. You work out how to handle certain things in your group in your business. You figure it out. Certain things are not very conducive to production. Certain things are not very helpful in terms of handling the customers. Um, you find that it's pretty smart to acknowledge people when they walk into the office or walk into the business to be serviced, to greet them, to be friendly to them. Now, you might not think that there needs to be a policy for that, but you know what? If it's Enhancing the survival of the group, you better commit it to policy and you better get everybody to read it and what? Agree on it. Hey, when customers walk in, they are the most important thing. It's a celebration in this place. Greet them. You know, uh, it was a sushi restaurant in Los Angeles when I was living there and you could not, you couldn't sneak into that place without getting greeted by just about everybody there. And it was actually kind of cool. You know, it's like you walk in the door and it's, you know, hello, or I, I actually said it in Japanese and I can't remember the word for it, but, but nonetheless, it was just, it was just welcoming. Well, they clearly, whether they put it in writing or not, this was a policy that they instituted in their organization and everybody did it. What about if you had some that weren't like they think, well, you know what? I have a perfect right to dramatize how I'm feeling today because it's a free country and therefore, and there's no written policy anyway. So why should I say hello? Why don't I just give everybody a dirty look because I'm having one of those days. Okay. Now that person uh, would not be violating a policy if you've never created such a policy. So you could hardly even take it up with them. You can say, Hey, what are you doing glaring at the customers? Why can't I? Free country. 
Well, because uh, that's not how we do things around here. Says who? Well, says me. Who are you? Well, I'm your shift manager. Yeah, but you're not. Okay, good. But you're not the boss of me. Like, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's got to come from the top. So policies have to come from you. If you're the owner, if you're the goal maker, if you're the entrepreneur that's creating an organization, look at anybody in that organization or group can originate a policy. Hey, boss, we found that this really works when we do it like this. Okay. And we want to do it like this. And we found that uh, this over here, you know, when you do it this way, that doesn't work. And it's a really bad idea. You know, so we suggest we establish a policy where, for instance, all written communications are handled within 24 hours. That's a great policy. That's speed of service. Like something comes in, bam, it gets handled within 24 hours. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I'm the boss. I'm looking at this. Uh, these staff are going over this with me and I'm saying, you know what? Good idea. Good policy. It's a good guiding principle. It's going to help our group. Therefore, I'm going to commit this to writing and I'm going to get everybody to read it. And furthermore, I'm going to get them all to agree to it. Okay, what have we just done here? We've just established reality. This is how we roll. And what is that going to do for the affinity level within the organization and the communication level within the organization? I want you to imagine for a moment that you are a football quarterback and uh, you are the only member of the team that knows the rules of football and the plays that the team is going to execute. You're the quarterback. You're going to go out on this field now with a team that has no reality, no agreement on how the game is to be played. What's going to happen to you? You're going to get creamed, man. And if you feel like you're getting creamed in your business, I guarantee you, look it over. You have a low ARC situation within that organization. And guess who's responsible for that? Huh? Who is supposed to be establishing the agreements of the organization? Hey, man, it's you. That's your job. You're going to found an organization. You better be uh, someone who can establish and enforce policies. Now, not all the policies need to be originated by you. You're using the Hubbard management system. So uh, Mr. Hubbard did a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Why don't you just implement the Hubbard management system and say our policy is we use the Hubbard management system. Yeah, well, here's an employee who says, I don't really agree with the Hubbard management system. Great. Thank you for telling us that. Go find another group. Like we are establishing ARC in here. So if you're out of agreement and we can't handle that agreement, then you're obviously not going to be part of this group because this group is about establishing more and more life, more and more ARC for all of our survivals. Hey, look, it, I'm going to give you a tip. If you dread going to your office or your business ever, recognize you have a severe diminishment of ARC. We call that an ARC break. How can you have an ARC break? It's your company. You know, you're not happy there? Wow, that's a real tip-off. Like, this is your company. 
I mean, if it wasn't your company, you didn't feel like going to work. I understand this. You don't feel like going to work in your own place. You're doing a poor job of establishing the agreements and the ARC of that group or organization, if that's how you feel. And the way to remedy that is to establish policy. Now, not only to establish policy, okay, it has to be committed to writing and it has to be studied and learned, okay? So I'm going to read you this now from an article, 17 November 1964, from uh, Mr. Hubbard, and he makes uh, this incredible point here. He says, I quote, policy is survival for a group. Only practical policy agreed upon and followed provides the ARC, that is the life itself, of any group. It's the mores, the policies, whatever you want to call them, that makes a group or an organization alive and breathing. Bad policy, bad mores, and you have a dying group, a dying organization. Governments whose policies are unreal are perishing. They act like criminals. There's where anyone gets his distaste for, quote, policy, end quote. He has looked at the policies of dying groups and is imitating how they are regarded, end quote. So, yeah, you, policy gets a bad name because people get the idea that policy is something that they associate with a dying group. But policy is the agreements of the group. It's thriving, living life. It's got everything to do with the ARC. And you should make a considerable effort. Always. How can I increase the ARC within my organization? And I'm going to tell you one way, a very, very easy way, that uh, I would like more members to take advantage of. Actually, more and more members now with the advent of the Effective Management Association and the Effective Management Association training videos and so forth, uh, we've seen a huge shift in this. We're just very recently, as more and more members are adopting the fast track uh, online training uh, program offered by Effective Management uh, EMA US. And uh, this is the easiest thing we've ever had in terms of training our employees. Now, employees within you know five minute videos with question and answer afterwards. Uh, they can get through courses on the basics of the Hubbard management system. Um, and they can also get through uh, information on public relations, which uh, as far as I'm concerned, every employee needs to have. And there's executive training as well. You need to start getting engaged in a program where your people in your group or organization are coming together uh, on this point of agreement, on this point of reality, so that you know who's with you, who isn't, who's in disagreement, who's lowering the ARC of your group. I have members who have said, I'm afraid to start training my group, but what if it blows things up? Yeah, well, look, at if you're walking around with a scene that you're afraid is going to blow up, that does not sound like a recipe for happiness. Go ahead and blow it up. Go through the confusion you may have to go through. Don't try to do too much. That's one of the beauties of this training program is it's it's very low gradient and it's very easy to implement. All the guy has to do is push a button and he plays a video and then answers the questions afterwards, okay? 
most people can focus for at least five minutes, three to five minutes, which is the length of the video. So there's like 35 of them in each course, for instance. So, you know, get your guys to start tracking with the technology and use that uh, as your foundation for policy or agreement within your group. You will probably have to continue to issue specific policies for your business, but don't try to rewrite the whole Hubbard management system. You know, use the facilities available to you through WISE, through the Effective Management Association to get your group on the same page and use that as a means to establish who is just going to stay out of ARC with your group. If you don't try to put in policy, you can't find amongst your group who will refuse to put in policy. Okay, so it's it serves also as a bit of a weeding out process to train your team to find out, okay, this guy's just not going to get, get with it. He's not, but if you don't give them the opportunity to get with it, then you can't establish whether it's the fact that they just won't get with it or because you haven't given them the opportunity to get with it, that they're not with it. Okay, so all roads lead to employee training and getting everybody on the same page with policy. If you don't do that, you're not going to have a thriving, uh, high communication level, high income, high energy type group. Okay, so I hope I've made that point. I hope this is a whole new look at the subject of ARC. I'm glad we finally introduced ARC triangle. We introduced the KRC triangle earlier. Uh, this triangle is obviously urgently important to understand and apply. And um, that wraps us up for today. If you have any questions, uh, email us at info at wiseeastus.org. If you'd like to know more about the effective management training programs, write us at info at wiseeastus.org. Let's get your guys all on the same page. Let's implement policy and raise ARC and viability. Okay. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you uh, on Monday.